Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos. It's a pleasure to be with you this week. Over the last several months, we've been working on financial wellness, educating our children about finance, and really starting off a new year, even with a new tax law that's been put in place. This week, we're going to work on financial financial literacy for ourselves and the three stages of planning our finances for our personal lives. You know, the Bible tells us that in the Lord you should put your trust. And what I tell you is that in every aspect of your life, God should be at the core of what you're doing. You should be doing things for the right reasons, making the right decisions, and finding a life of peace in all that you do. Now, in the financial world, there are a variety of planning options that are available to us when we're going to plan what we're, our future is going to look like. You know, it's like going to a soda machine, and we have five different types of soda we can choose. Well, in the financial planning arena, it's the same thing. We have all different opportunities as it relates to how we're going to choose to plan our finances. For some of us, we may choose to do it alone, you know, to actually go out, make our own financial decisions. We're going to read some magazines. We're going to listen to other people and hear their opinions and their insights. The challenge with that is is that that information really will come from everybody else's experiences, their opinions, and a lot of that information is outdated before you even got it. So when we talk in terms of, you know, what someone might have done in planning their estate years ago, the tax law is different today. When we think in terms of what we might have done with insurance years ago and how it might have been good or might have been bad, Insurance is designed different today, performs better, performs differently. And there's all different types of products and services that are available to us that if I did my own planning, I wouldn't even know what the world looked like. So what I tell you is is that when you think in terms of the planning options, the option of going it yourself and trying to make those decisions on your own are probably not the best routine. That might not be the right way to go. So now if we're going to seek out advice, you're going to have a few different options with the advice that you're going to have available to you. The first option that I think that you'll come across from time to time is you're going to come across people that have an insurance background. Insurance-based people usually see insurance as the solution for most problems you're going to have. Generally speaking, they're going to do what I refer to as a lot of needs-based analysis, Needs-based analysis typically will provide you with this. It'll show you where you are today. It'll identify what your goals and objectives are, where you want to be in the future. And then it'll always come up with what I refer to as a shortfall. The shortfalls that it comes up with then typically have a product available that you could purchase to fix. The catch, however, is that the experience that we go through when we go through this needs-based analysis, it never really feels good as we're doing it. So if I were to tell you what you needed to do for retirement, what you needed to do to put your children through school, and what you needed to do you know, in order to set up your insurances, at the end of the day, I can have a pretty good headache with this. You know, It would be like taking my car in for service, and what would happen is, is they're going to start telling me everything that's wrong with my car and I'm waiting for the end of the story so that I can find out how much is this going to cost me to fix. And as I listen for the price, I'm listening and hoping for the lowest possible number that I can hear. And then I would typically come back and say, well, could the brakes wait a little bit longer? 
Could I wait a little bit longer on the tires? And if I'm trying to manage my cash flow and hold on to some of my money, I'll try avoiding some of the things that should be done now or I'll shortcut here and there. So what happens is is when I subject myself to this needs-based planning, it really sells myself short because I'm going to have to fix it again in the future. And it also sells my advisor short because he really didn't do the job that he had intended to do. And so what happens is I didn't buy the amount of insurance I should have bought. I might have bought the wrong type as it related to you know, saving money. Perhaps I'm saving less than I should save. And I'm doing all of these different things because the way that it was presented to me was kind of a headache with an aspirin solution to it. And so what I tell you is that needs-based planning, although important and helpful, and the people that do it really do a good job for people as far as in serving them, it falls far short of providing you with the level of advice that you really need to make it in today's environment. Your other option that you'll come across is what I refer to as the investment-based planner. The investment-based planner typically thinks that they can earn high rates of return over long periods of time, and they even actually think from time to time that they can outperform the markets. The reality is 75% of money managers over long periods of time can't, and that most people may have been better off just buying an index perhaps or just making sure they had the right asset allocation. But as it relates to the investment people, what typically happens is that we typically, even though a brochure might say past performance doesn't indicate future results, in our mind and in our heart, we look at that past performance and then we go, boy, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if the market returns that we experienced over the last 12 months, if I could just keep repeating that year in and year out, my retirement would be great. So would yours. Wouldn't it be easy to pay for our kids' college knowing that we earn 15 to 20% a year on our money? However, we'd be disappointed long-term. And the reason why we'd be disappointed long-term is that earning high rates of return realistically in double-digit, very, very difficult, if not impossible, to do consistently. And by the way, for retail investors who we are, it's pretty much impossible. You also have to keep in mind that we also have an emotional attachment to our investments. The emotional attachment that we have to our investments typically has us doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. What that basically means is that when the markets are terrible and things are really bad, None of us want to put our money in, although that would have been the better time to invest. Now, all of a sudden, the markets are up. Everybody's talking is great. And now everybody's saying, maybe now's the time to get in. So we're actually doing the opposite of what we've been told all these years, which is now, all of a sudden, we're buying high, okay, and we're selling low. So we're doing the opposite of what we should have been doing because we, we're emotional. It is what we do. So what I tell you is that even though people that sell investments are well-intentioned, they really can't earn their way out return-wise of to what all of life's challenges are. The next person that we have in mind is we have the financial planner. The financial planner is the background that I come out of. And what that typically has done in the past is we would take the insurance-based solutions, the investment-based solutions, with some tax planning, we would meld them together. The challenge for most of us when it relates to financial planning is is that it can get very expensive. And the reason why it gets expensive is I'm doing this integrated plan that looks at my retirement, my education for my kids, my insurances, and everything else I have going on in my life, my estate planning. And if I were to add up all the costs of what it would take to accomplish all the things I want in life, 
I don't have enough money, as most of us. What happens is, you know, and I always kid, I say, I have more month left at the end of the money. And so financial planning can also be very challenging because of all of the different needs and objectives that we're trying to accomplish. With that in mind, what I did over the years is I came up with what I refer to as a responsible wealth process, which is, you know, being as much as you can or accomplishing as much as you can with what you have. The focus is really on efficiency and on three phases of life. The three phases of life really get into what I refer to as accumulation, distribution, and legacy. The focus with your finances should really be about efficiency. It should be about asset utilization. It should be about responsibility and protecting your assets with the understanding that every time you turn around, things are going to change, both that are planned for and unplanned for. And the things that will change are this. The tax law is going to change. You're going to have things in your house that break. You're going to have to replace a roof every now and then that you didn't plan for. Before you know it, that Apple iPhone that you have, somebody will come out with a new widget that's a little bit more fun, a little bit different. Technology is going to change. And on top of that, we have life events. And when I say life events is life happens, whether you have to you know, help a child later in life whether you have to help parents later in life, whatever the case might be, when life happens, it shouldn't devastate your finances. You need to be prepared. And the plan should work under almost any and every circumstance, and that's what we have to plan for. So when we talk about this accumulation side, the focus of what we want to spend for the rest of our show is this, is really stressing the following. Number one, you got to manage your cash flow. You got to live within your means. Every one of you, every listener that's online should be doing a budget. You need to identify where's your money coming from, where's it going. We have to save, then spend, not spend, then save. You need to pay yourself first. We have to avoid making emotional financial decisions. So as we're getting into the springtime right now, what's happening is, is, you know, and I know my wife from time to time say, boy, I'd like to go and, you know, get this done on the house. Or, you know, I'll hear one of my clients will say, hey, Frank, we're thinking of putting in a pool or they're thinking of this or thinking of that. And what I'm going to tell you is, is that emotional spending really needs to be avoided unless it's planned for, it's budgeted for, and you can afford it. Don't put yourself in debt in order to feel good today. Because if you ever notice, is anytime we've bought anything, the day we bought it is when we felt the best about it. And then all of a sudden, it, it breaks off over time. So that new car, you were never happiest the day you got it. That new boat, it was the day you got it, you were the happiest with it. And then it went down from there. So I tell you, avoid that emotional spending. The other thing I tell you to do is, in everything that you're doing, and when you're thinking about budgeting, keep stewardship at the center of everything. Remember, time, talent, and treasure. Where's your money going? Take a look at your checkbook. Who are you helping? Whose lives should you be impacting? All of this is important. So in the accumulation side, the bottom line is this. We want to make sure that you focus on the rate at which you save. Most important, every opportunity you have to increase it before the rate of return on the savings. That's where it starts. And also, I'm going to add this to you. Don't cut corners as it relates to protecting you and your assets. You have to have the right amount of insurance. You need health insurance. Make sure you got maximum disability protection. Ensure your life adequately. And make sure that you have the right amounts of property and casualty coverage because life will happen, events will occur, 
and any great plan can be devastated by any of that. Next week, our show is going to pick up on distribution and legacy planning. You've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos. If you have questions, you can write to us at the Institute of Responsible Wealth, 2431 Atlantic Avenue, Manasquan, New Jersey, 08736, or email us at info at ifrw.com. Thank you and have a blessed week.